Welcome to the Ecom Profit Podcast. I'm your host, Dawn Sinkula, CEO of Digital Dawn, and I'm so excited to be here with you today. Here on the Ecom Profit Podcast, I open Pandora's box and share with you and other ecom business owners weekly topics that will help you explode your business online. I outline my tried and true secret sauce, the D2D method, that's guaranteed to bring your business results. As an entrepreneur myself, I try to pull out all the same entrepreneurial passions in others. So get ready to be fired up about your business and let's have a great time. Welcome to the Ecom Profit Podcast. So, Mr. Sean Delaney, welcome to the Ecom Profit Podcast. I'm so excited to have you here today to talk to us about all things legal and what every business probably should know, but what e-com businesses should know or have or understand about the world of legalese. But before we jump in and get started, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, your background, and why we should listen to you as the legal expert. Oh my gosh, Dawn, I am so excited to be here. Uh, so my background, I have been in, I was in corporate America for over 20 years, almost 25 years. That makes me sound so old. I, uh, I was a lawyer. I don't lead with that usually because I want people to grow to hate me. I don't want you to hate me right off the bat, but I'm a lawyer. Uh, I am, I uh, have been in, uh, business in many many roles. So I have um, a spectrum and a view on things that is far too wide than I care to admit. And uh, so, and now I work with entrepreneurs because I find it more satisfying. It's just a better place to be. Things move faster and I can see the impact of my wisdom and my value on businesses uh, in a shorter time frame. That's so good. And I think, um, you know, you and I have worked together on several different projects. You've helped me with several different legal things. And this is really, as an entrepreneur, probably one of the more challenging places to be in understanding legally different different parts of your business, right? Mm-hmm. And understanding as a business owner you know, where you should be focusing your legal attention and where you shouldn't be. Um, Sometimes you find yourself in situations where you're caught with your legal pants down and you didn't know you needed to have these things or you didn't know you should should have done that. And so today's episode is really going to help kind of demystify some of those legal pieces. But I would love to kind of hear, Sean, maybe some of the things that you have found working with entrepreneurs as some of the challenges legally that you often have helped people with. I know a lot of times it's contracts or different things like that, but what are maybe some of the more common pitfalls or challenges that you see entrepreneurs sort of getting into as it relates to legal problems? Yeah. Okay. So First thing, and this is this is like a sixth thing because I know I'm supposed to have five things, but right. like, <laughs> but like first, there is a general overall thing that um, entrepreneurs are naturally people who do everything themselves. 
Yeah, good point. Uh, uh, right? God bless them. They 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 are self starters. They would they wouldn't be entrepreneurs if they weren't that, and that's fantastic. And so they look to uh, set things up themselves, do things themselves. They buy courses to teach them things they don't know. They join masterminds to teach them new things, and that's all great. And so then they look to outside sources to help them do things like all the things we're about to talk about, which yeah. is great that they're doing it, but not. <laughs> but not great. Right. Not so right. great. Because there are some things, and I'm going to talk about that in a minute, that there are, there are things that you need to reach out to a professional on. Yeah. Um, and, and you can get, you can minimize your exposure in the short term. You can minimize your expenses. If you come to an attorney and say, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. That's great. The attorney will help you, but you will burn through cash in hours with them walking you through everything much better to come to them and say, so I have this done, this done, this done, this done. Yeah. Eyeball it for me. And and that's the part that they're missing. Sure. Right? Sure. Um, which is the, you still need, you, you have to go to a tax professional, a lawyer, an insurance agent, and, and just dot the I's and cross the T's. All right. So that's an overall thing. So let's talk about that now. So taxes. Every state and every co- county and every country is different. Yep. Right. There's tax, a lot of tax laws. Yep. Okay. Tax laws. Uh, and I will get people that will come to me in my business and ask me stuff about taxes. And I'll go, I don't know. And, and they'll say, well, I thought you were a lawyer. Of course I'm a lawyer. I'm a lawyer who I went to law school. Law school teaches you general law like i can i'll i can expound uh, expose all day every day about um the constitution right but oklahoma i have no i i have no idea what oklahoma's laws are like i went to law school in vermont so as so lawyers specialize just like doctors just like just like yeah. anybody any other professional so um so what I hear you saying is that if you come to your lawyer with questions about taxes, that maybe isn't the best person to ask. That it's you not, need you need yeah. a tax professional to ask about tax law specifically. A lawyer's going to know some things about taxes. Okay, you re- need to go to a tax professional. So as an e-com business owner, a lot of times, you know, there's a lot having to do with sales tax, specifically yeah. remittance of sales tax. Um, you know, there's there's a whole kind of gray part about tax. When do you remit all of the Wayfair, you know, challenges and legal cases and all that kind of stuff. And I think a lot of e-com business owners, particularly as they're just getting started, don't even understand what that means 
don't they don't necessarily even know that they need to be remitting taxes, where they need to remit, how they need to remit, those types of things. And so what you're saying from a legal perspective is don't just go to any lawyer to understand tax law specifically. Go to a tax professional, but you need to understand it in some capacity. Yeah, you need, I'm saying, you need to be informed. Yes, I'm saying go to a tax professional because you can't figure this out. Right. On your own. Go to a tax professional who knows something about this. Don't go to it. Right. So don't go to a lawyer to yeah. understand the tax professional, the, the the tax implications. And don't go to a tax professional, a generalist, and say, what do I know? Try to find somebody who is, uh, right, who, who understands all of this from the standpoint that you're talking about, Dawn, because it's it's a gigantic hairy beast, right? Well, and and it's, it's so complicated. I mean, I think even in my experience so far, some of the people who are tax professionals are confused about sales tax. They're confused about when do you remit and things like that. Now, over the last couple of years, I think it's gotten much better. But to your point, spending time, understanding it, learning it, you know, yeah, you can get familiar with it, but it is a really complicated, hairy sort of thing that that changes frequently as well. And so making sure that you're finding that tax professional is point number one. So awesome. yes. Okay. So so number two, shipping restrictions. Aerosols and alcohols. Uh, depending on what people are 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 shipping uh through things, there are laws again that you need to understand. So one yeah. would assume, so I, I, I'm i bringing it up just because I need to bring it up, but um, these are things you need to understand. You cannot just ship certain things to certain states. Um, and so you need to be aware of what you're dealing with because those laws will affect you depending on the state. So you can't just set something up where you're going to ship fireworks to the entire U.S. because... You can't do yeah. that. Yeah, I think that's really funny. Uh, aerosols and alcohols, and and the the challenge with this, as you know, a new business owner or even somebody who has had success in the e commerce space, is that they kind of. I, I've heard a lot of people say, "Well, how do they know that my or how how will anybody know that I'm shipping an aerosol or alcohol or anything that's considered restricted? Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, it's, it's worth taking a risk maybe to, to do that. And I, I think from your perspective, you know, it's legally, I know you can't provide advice, but like, it's probably just not worth risking it. And you need to be familiar and understand what restrictions are out there. Even if you're only shipping a couple bottles of, Something, something. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, one bottle to the wrong state is a problem. Yeah. Okay. So you have to where, be aware. So where do people go or where can they find out about those restrictions? Is that something like on a, a general website that they could look at? Or do you have, you know, as a resources, like, can I Google what, what, to where to find you know state restrictions or yes is they can they can google it and they can go to their own um their own uh, state's website uh, their state should have a commerce website that allows them to see what is uh available to 
ship out of their state and into their state. The federal government, uh, the federal government controls interstate commerce. Mm-hmm. So there are sometimes things that you can do within your state that you will not see um, because, so for example, in Pennsylvania, I don't know why I keep talking about Pennsylvania, but it's a Pennsylvania day. In Pennsylvania, you can ship fireworks uh, within the state anywhere, but you can't, uh-huh. but you can't cross state lines to, let's say, New Jersey, where I live. And in New Jersey, I can drive to Pennsylvania. I can buy fireworks, but I I can legally buy them there, but I can't bring them back into New Jersey. Got it. Yeah. And 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 set them off. So um, so for a, or an e-com shipper, like you can't, you couldn't ship them from Pennsylvania to New Jersey. Because right. the intent is that it's to set them off here, so that's just those are just two states, yeah, with, with uh, laws that are very similar to each other. So you have to, you know, yeah, yes, you have to look at your state laws, and and then because you're an ecom person, you have to look at interstate laws and then international laws if right. you're if you're selling around the world, and so and you can't, and that's what I'm saying. You can't, as a as a business owner, you you can't get your head around that. You right. need to find somebody who is a specialist in yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and googling gives you enough to be dangerous, but doesn't cover yes. your butt in case yeah. you get yourself into trouble. And I do think that you know, just for those listening as well, there are, you know, resources that are available within, you know, the United States Postal Service. I know like UPS and DHL and other FedEx does have um, some information on their websites that also talk about interstate, you know, commerce and, and what you can ship and what you can't ship. But again, those are just guidelines and general rules and finding yeah. someone Specifically, if you are in this space where there could be some question about whether or not you're actually should be shipping or what the rules might be, it's always good to reach out to someone legally and get some advice to make sure that you're covering yourself. It's worth an hour. It's worth right? an hour. Like, let's not be let's not be afraid of reaching out to a, a professional to say, "What's your hourly rate? I want to ask you these questions." Go in targeted and say. Here's what I do. Here's what my business is. Here are the things that I sh- that I yeah. ship. What do I have to worry about? And and pay for the hour. That's yeah. It. And a and a lawyer specializing in interstate commerce would be the right person or or the right type of lawyer to reach out to. I mean, where do you find these specialists who, you know, legally could help you with that? Yeah, so first of all, there's no lawyer in the world who won't give you a free hour. Yeah. Talk about what they do. Right. You're not going to have to pay for that. So you call a bunch of lawyers and the lawyers you talk to who don't do it will give you a referral. Okay. Right. So don't be afraid to make that first call. It's not expensive to say, hey, do you do this? This is what I do. This is what I'm looking for. Call around. Someone who does this, what you need, will then say or or. Right, right. When you finally get to them, 
they will say, here's what my hourly rate is. And then you will come to that call prepared with these, with the questions you need to ask and you just pay for the hour. Sure. It's not like, oh my gosh, I have to have, I have to, now I have a lawyer and they cost $20,000 a year. No, no, no. You can just pay for an hour. Okay, cool. Okay, so we've talked about tax laws and sales tax. We've talked about shipping and understanding uh, interstate shipping and what to do, what not to do, or understanding what is legal, not legal, and and how to keep yourself from paying you know a high fee or getting yourself into real legal trouble by not understanding it. Tip number three: age restrictions. So anytime you launch a website, you must comply with the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act. Ooh, this sounds challenging. Doesn't it? So this means that any anyone you're selling anything to, um, the restriction is against selling anything to people who are under 13. Got it. Okay. And so, so- you can get around this with a pop-up or, right, a notification that says, right, yeah. uh, uh, that I am over the age of 13, click here. So when people check out on your website, because I don't see this very often on no. e-commerce websites, um, and I know that there, obviously, there's there's rules around this. So is this something that you could put in your privacy policy or in your terms of service or something in the footer on your website? Or does it have to be a check the box, I agree that I am over the age before I sell something it to you? It could be in your privacy policy. Unless it is certain kinds of content, right? Um, Give so, us some examples of certain kinds of content. Well, we're t- so we're talking about e-com. Yeah. Um, so if you're selling, right? I'm 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 pausing because I'm trying to. I, I want to make sure I get I, I I say this in the right way. If you're selling goods or information, it's okay enough to have it in your uh, privacy policy. So I'm selling lashes, I'm selling bath bombs, I'm selling, you know, handmade crafts, I've got wallets, I'm selling artwork, I'm jewelry, all, all the traditional, maybe not, that's very broad statement, but but all the, the things commerce-wise that, yeah. that would be considered uh, everyday use everyday product type things. Yeah, that's that's fine to have there. I'm talking about um selling guns or <laughs> yeah, or, you know. or adult or adult content, right? right. Um sure. and that's that's not what we're talking about here. That's that's yeah. people viewing things. Yeah. yeah. Right? Um so so that's why I'm like I don't want to I don't want to make a blanket statement and then have people say, "Oh, I, I listened to Dawn's podcast and I'm okay to show this as long as I just have it. Right. right. No, 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 so no, no. That's, right. We're talking about e-com selling goods. As long as it's in the, in, in your uh, privacy policy, um, we're fine, but just, this is something you want to look up. Yeah. Right? So look it up. I'll say it again here. It's the children's online privacy protection act. And just make sure that you're following that. Okay. 
Well, which leads to the point of you need to have a privacy policy on your website. And so there's a lot of times that at the agency, we will audit people's websites. And one of the checklists of things that we audit is, do you have terms of service? Do you have a privacy policy, return, shipping, all, all the basics? And I will tell you half the time when we do this, I don't see a privacy policy listed on an e-com site. And so even just to take it back a step further from that particular nuance of it, having a privacy policy on your website is a must have. And then within the privacy policy, this needs to be listed. Oh gosh, yeah. If you don't have a privacy policy, you're you're not only you're not only skirting uh US law, but international law. And they're serious, serious about this. So uh, you need a privacy policy. You need terms and conditions and privacy policies on your website, no matter what you're, no matter what you're selling. Services or products. Yeah. It must be, must have. Yeah. Okay. So number four. Number four, business insurances. Ah. So, um. There's all kinds of, and this is going to be another, hey, go speak to a professional about this. But yeah. I see so many, so many businesses that I work with um, in, in my own uh, consulting practice, they don't have the right insurances. Um, general liability, product liability, professional liability. There you are, if, if your business does not have an insurance policy that just covers you in the in the event that someone claims that something you saw like you're you're sitting there saying well that's ridiculous right like i didn't manufacture this widget i i just made it available for somebody to buy the widget why would they sue me people can sue anybody for anything well, that we've learned, right? Like yeah. in today's society, anybody suing for anything <laughs> yeah. and, and all that. And time. let's say it miraculously goes against you. Yeah. Right? Oh, gosh. Well, that's why you have insurance. Because yeah. an insurance policy means they don't take your house. So, Sean, when I think about insurance, because this is one that as a product-based business, I think is even more important than what people maybe think about insurance, to your point. But when is the proper time to get insurance? So, you know, if I'm a new business and I'm just starting and I'm only selling a couple widgets, you know, every day or, you know, maybe a certain volume every month, you know, eh, do I really need insurance? Because I, you know, if something breaks or, you know, I've got a pretty good return policy or I've got insurance from a shipping perspective. And that's where I feel like a lot of people feel they they think they have insurance because they've got it under their shipping policy that it's insured if it breaks or things like that. This is this is insurance to cover you as a business. But when is the right time? Do I start off with business insurance or do I wait until I get to a certain volume or, you know, level of income before I need insurance? When is the right time to get insurance? Right off the bat, if you send send one widget, one widget, one widget breaks in the hands of a child and takes out her eye, you could be sued. 
you 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 lose your house. Yeah. And I don't want to scare anybody away from being in business because, look, the odds of that happen. That's what insurance is. It's right. it's yeah. Vegas, <laughs> right? right? It's, it's Vegas odds. That's why insurance companies make so much money because the odds of it happening are, you know, 20 million to one. Right. When it happens. It's when you need it. Is when you need it. It's the same thing when you buy insurance on your car tires and you lament it. Your entire life, unless you blow out a tire, then you go, Whoo, thank goodness I had that. Right. Yes. And same so it's here. Same kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Now, I can't tell you what kind of insurance you're going to need. You need to go to a, uh, you need to go to the right insurance professional and say, What do I need? This is what I'm starting. And so when you say, But I'm not a giant company. Great. Yes, you are. You do not have the same insurance bill that Jeff Bezos will have. Right. You will have a, a tiny insurance bill because you're just looking for a policy, a general liability policy. Um, right. It's not going to be a massive policy because you're not doing anything other than just shipping someone else's goods. But you should have a general liability policy over your business that says, while I'm out there monkeying around, promoting goods and services in the event that I make some claim that I shouldn't make or do something that I shouldn't do and that widget blows up in the hands of some kid uh, or whatever it is. And please don't, don't take this as, well, but my product would never blow up. It's just paper. I don't know. Please. I've seen people sue people because they say, oh, this paper was too hard and my hand got cut on the side and it got infected and and I had to have my hand lopped off. Like, you can't believe it. Right, right, right. Pay for it. It is a cost of business. You need to factor it in and do it. And and I think then, too, taking that a step further and saying, you know, this is really – once you start your business, like it's it's never the wrong time to get insurance. So if you don't have insurance now, now is the perfect time to go get insurance. And a lot of times insurance policies can cover you for, you know, the life of your business. They can go forward. They can do all sorts of really cool, amazing things. But it is important that you get it. And I would even take it a step further that you need to make sure that once you do get it, that you review it and update it and make sure that it has grown with you as a business, as you do get more successful, more profitable, sell more products, your insurance policy needs to change with you. So don't do a one and done. I've made this mistake as a service-based business myself in that, you know, my, my agency grew quite a little bit and I hadn't reflected that in my insurance policy. And so, you know, just set it as a review point annually to go through and update your insurance policy, just like you would do for your house or, you know, for your car or anything like that. It's, it just needs to be part of that routine, but it needs to be a, a product of doing business. Agreed. Yeah. You want to know the most useless and useful, like the most useless and loved product on the planet is the nine volt battery. Why? Because nine volt batteries go in our smoke detectors. Yep. And smoke detectors, we never use them. They're annoying. They beep every six months. We have to replace them. They're <laughs> ridiculous, right? We got to get up on a ladder. It's annoying. 
smoke, nine volt batteries that go in smoke detectors are awful until you have a fire. Right. Right. And then you love, you kiss those nine volt batteries. They saved your family's life. Yeah, exactly. That's the same thing that you need to think about with your insurance policy. Same thing. Okay. Tip number five. Last one, and this Last is a big one. one, and I'm cheating here because I'm, I'm I'm rolling a bunch of things in. Um, so trademarks, patents, and copyrights. Oh, geez. <laughs> That's a whole show onto itself. Maybe I'll bring you back and we oh can have- Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, about each one of these. I'm not going to talk about pat- patents because for, for e-com, I'm assuming that people are selling somebody else's thing. So we're not, not, always, not always, not, not, not most of the time. I mean, I would say, you know, if you're a drop shipper, you're, you're selling someone else's stuff, but a lot of the people that we work with specifically have created their own thing. Um, it's a handmade, handcrafted, hand designed. So think about like beauty brands, right? So we have a beauty brand, they make their own formulaic, um, skincare that is handcrafted, handmade, hand blended, unique to them, um, or, or jewelry or, you know, wallets, or you've got, you know, other things like that. So, so talk to us maybe a little bit briefly about both sides of the coin. So if you're shipping someone else's stuff, if you're a drop shipper doing somebody else's selling someone else's product, or you have your own actual handmade stuff. Okay. So I'm going to talk about all of it under the, under the, um, umbrella of protecting your intellectual property. There you go. Okay. So Perfect. I love intellectual property. It's um, because I believe that every entrepreneur needs to be thinking about that. Because and John, that can, is, can you can you define for us before we go into this? Like, what is intellectual property? Like, so in, your definition as a business owner, what is considered an intellectual property? So it's the three things I already talked about. So it's copyright, it's patents, and it's trademarks. It's anything that you, as an individual, have created, okay, okay, you or your business. You have the right to it. Anything you write, like emails, manuscripts, books, plays, anything that you write, that you Mm -hmm. type out, that you have created is Protected under copyright. Um, trademarks are anything that, any symbol that you use to identify the source of a product. And so um, if you have a certain, if, whether, whatever that product is, intellectual, meaning something that you've written, you have a copyright on it, right? Um, you have a trademark associated with that. Uh, my website has a trademark. Anything that I put out has that trademarked symbol. Yeah, and then, um, and then patents would be something that is a unique combination of materials or goods that uh, is is unique to the marketplace that you have a protection on, so that other people can't do that. So there are trademarks on new drugs. That come yeah. out because it's a combination of materials and um, and chemicals that then they have a trademark on, or um, you've combined metals into a particular guga that then you know <laughs> uh, right that then Tesla is going to use on a rocket to go into space, and so they have yeah. a patent on it, and anybody wants to use that kind of you know, that widget they have for 10 years, no one else can, 
can create that same thing because it's out in the marketplace, right? So these are protections on the things that you've created. So patents have a limited amount of time and they are specific to things that you've created, physically created. Okay. Okay. So if you've created some physical thing that is a left-handed Yep. Wiwa, right? And no, and it's never existed before. You will know about the fact that you need to, you should know, hey, this, this, I need, yep. a, I need a patent on this, right? So sure. uh, I don't want to speak to the world about who don't need patents. And I don't want to um, speak to the world who knows they need patents because they know they need patents, right? So let's just say they need patents, right? Um, copyright is probably the most universal thing for everybody that that we're talking to right now. So uh, anything that you produce uh, from a, um, just think about this as things that you write, things that you create. It's a comedy skit. It's a advertisement, right? Because that, yeah. that's where somebody yeah. might grab it and use your words. Yeah. So, you, so in so, this case, can I interrupt you for just a second? In this oh case, yeah, please. Cause I'm talking, cool. I'll talk all day. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, these are, you know, these are things again, that a lot of people don't think about, particularly as they're creating their own products or unique products or, or, uh, you know, different things around, you know, I've developed a formula that that's unique to me. But when you think about um, product, actual products based businesses with, product descriptions, would those be copyrighted? Um, Not if it's, uh, I mean, if it's something that's very generic. Okay. Okay. You're not going to get copyright protection. You're not going to get copyright protection on, let's say, a sentence. Yeah. Right. That's not where copyright protection comes in. That's where um, trademarks come in. So like when... Uh, what's McDonald's things? Uh, I'm loving it. Yeah. Right. They they have that. Yeah. And so if you true. went out and and had a rest, so okay. So there's like yes, we could definitely do like two hours on this. Yeah. Um, because there's a lot of nuances. But if you're in that restaurant space and um. And had a and, and had a fast food place, and that and you wrote under under you had a sub a subtext that said I'm loving it. Yeah, McDonald's could come after you because they could say, well, you're yeah, you're in our space and you're creating confusion because you're using our um, yeah. and they've trademarked it right. So, so that would be a, an example where one sentence could be a problem, but for the most part. Yeah. Copyright's going to be if I write a two page, uh, you know, website, um, a two page website, um, like text that says, here's what I'm all about and here's what I do and all that. And I find that somewhere else. Yeah. I can send a cease and desist to those people and say, you're, you're infringing on my copyright. Copyright protection is automatic. You do not need to file for it anywhere. It is Got just, it. I wrote this. I put it out in the in the marketplace. Yep. It is clear when I did it. You have clearly copied it and are using it. And I am now in, uh, um, asserting my rights. So, so 
So for most of the people listening in this space right now are doing e-commerce and, and they're, they've got product specific stuff. Yeah. So that product specific stuff falls probably more so in the trademark realm for, for this particular situation. So where do I, where do I go to learn about how to file for a trademark or when do I know that I should, or, or how do I know I should file? I mean, anything I guess that you're producing is that is unique to you that you've created and developed, as you said, probably falls into one of those categories. But then where do I go to like file my trademark or how do I, I mean, obviously you need to work with a lawyer again, but like, how do I know if I need to trademark something? Okay. So first, uh, anything that you've written, like I said, is um, already uh, protected by copyright. Yep. So don't if you are if you are selling something and you and you say maybe you're a funnel hacker or something else and you say, well, I'll just copy what they've said about it. Yeah. Do not do that. Yeah. Don't copy. Like don't do it. Don't do um, it. Right. Because so that's the flip side. I was talking about protection. Now yeah. here's now how to violate it. Don't yeah. do that. Don't yeah. uh, even if you think no one's ever going to see it. Don't do that. Yeah. Well, it's just business. It just is. And I hate to have to say it, but I got to say it. Right. So that's on the copyright. So on, on, um, trademarks. Um, so two things with trademarks. So, so here's something that is going to save you a lot of time, money, and effort. Um, there is a difference between when you look at trademarkable images Sometimes you'll see TM and sometimes you'll see an R in a circle. Yep. There's a mat. Most people equate them as the same thing. There is a massive difference between them. So a TM just means that a company has said, I want to trademark this. Yeah. There is no restriction to putting TM next to any image or phrase. Yeah. You can do it today. And what that does is it puts the marketplace on notice that you're intending to trademark it, but you haven't actually trademarked it. And the R means that you have. And the R means that you have gone to the U.S. Trademark um, and Patent Office and mm-hmm. you have, right, you have gone to there and you have filed. It's going to cost you $200, uh, $250 and you're going to go through a an awful archaic government website that <laughs> asks you for a bunch of information. Yeah. And what they're going to ask you is now here's the important things they're going to ask you, right? Like, yeah, there's going to be a lot of, you know, name, rank, serial number, that kind of, you know, garbage that the, you know, that any government website's going to ask you, but the important things to file are to put in there are, they're going to ask you for an image of what you're trying to trademark. Yep. And they're going to ask you if you've done the research on it. Now, this is really important. They get really ticked off if, like, if you went and tried to trademark the McDonald's symbol, they're going to get really mad at you. Okay? Yeah. And you don't want that if you want your if you want your symbol trademarked. Okay? Because what they're going to do is they're going to do what they expect you to do. They're going to Google it. And they're going to look for use in the marketplace. Okay. Okay. And if they, 
if you say no, because they're going to ask you the question, have you researched this? Is there, are there competing symbols in the marketplace? Or products, and, right? This would be for products too, right? Right, or products. So, yeah, I've got the, you know, the Guga nose guard and yeah. and there are Guga nose guards. And yeah, it's an S, so it's a little different. No, they're going to come back and say, it's close enough. You can't get a you can't get a trademark because this is too close, and it will con- create confusion in the marketplace. And and so you you need to do that research first. You need to say, is anybody using this anywhere in any capacity? Got it. And so a trademark is going to cover you in. in, in, in that's that's the main thing that you need to worry about is would this be confusing? So if you had busy B. Um, if you want to trademark busy bee, um, dry cleaners and there was a busy bee vacuum cleaner. Yeah. Uh, and, and you're only in New Jersey and they're only in California. You're going to be able to trademark busy bee dry cleaners. Yeah. Um, but if it's, uh, Papa John's. And you're like, yeah, but I'm only in in Ohio. Well, but Papa John's is a national chain, and it's going to be confusing. You can't sure. share. Sure. Okay. okay. Well, it sounds like we could do a whole episode on just trademarking and patents and copyrights and all the things. We, oh, we, yes. We should bring you back for a, a deep dive into the world of, of copywriting and trademarking and patenting and all the things. Yes, the- I would love that. But but the so the number one thing for this show is um, look do, into it. Like you- know your rights and protect yourself because there are – yeah. It's too important. Too important. Okay. So Sean, you have given us so much information today that has been so helpful. I just want to recap. Can you just go through in order for us the five things that you covered again from one, two, three, four, five, so that we can just summarize it at the end here? Yes. Uh, um, except I went through my list in a different order than I wrote them down. So I don't know the order I had it. I'm, I'm going to give you all five though. Yes, all five. <laughs> so we talked about taxes. Yep. They're crazy, crazy and different in every state and every country. So you need a tax professional that's, that knows something about e-com. Got it. Um, shipping restrictions, aerosols and alcohols. Yep. Let's know what we can ship where and, and be conscious of that. Just check it out with a professional. Okay. Aid yep. restrictions. Yep. There are certain things, right? You you automatically need to, to um, uh, adhere oh, to the yeah. Children's Online Privacy Protection Act for um, kids who are under 13. So look into that. Business insurance. Talk to an insurance professional and get, uh, get that right. Get the right coverage because you don't want to just be in business innocently and have something go wrong and, and lose your house. And last trademarks, patents, and copyright. You have massive rights that you need to protect yourself, what you're selling, what you've created. Let's look into that together. And also don't infringe on other people. Because then you're the worst person on earth. (laughs) (laughs) All so helpful, Sean. And I I think we've provided so much information. I feel like each one of these we should do 
uh, a podcast and dig in a little bit deeper because there's just so much information. Um, and it's so important to e-com or any business owners, but e-com business owners, there are some really unique situations, unique laws and unique things that you need to be aware of. So thank you for sharing that. Before we um, wrap up, why don't you tell people where they can find you um, on social media and on other platforms? Oh my gosh. So the easiest place is um, uh, my website www world wide web oh my god how old am i <laughs> what if.com w h a d i f.com uh and you can find me on instagram at ask what if and uh i don't know you can find me on linkedin at sean delaney there's no irishman out there with that name Right. So uh, right. <laughs> I'm sure you'll find me <laughs> right away. John Delaney on LinkedIn. There's only about a thousand of them, but we can yeah. find you under your business name of what if, um, and that would be great. And Sean is getting ready to open up um, a legal shop that will be super helpful for e-com or any business owners that need to have templated Terms, service, privacy policies, trademarks, copyrights, I think all sorts of different things that should be um, popping up here in the next couple of months. So you'll want to go to Sean's website, whatif.com, and make sure that you get on the VIP or the waitlist so that you get information about how to get his templated legal documents that will be coming out very soon. So thank you so much, Sean, for joining us today. This was so helpful and so much information. Uh, I really appreciate it. And we will talk soon. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you like what you've heard, I'd be so grateful if you'd leave a review. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you'd like to see if you're a good fit to work with the Digital Dawn team, head over to digitaldawnagency.com forward slash contact and let's book a call. Thanks so much again and until next time.